Aubrey Edwards, Tony Shivani, we bout to party, we bout to party, unrestricted, got the house now, we gon' turn it up, up, bring the house down, got that big space pump and make them bounce now, flossing like they bossing and the freaks are coming out now. It's time for AEW Unrestricted, we are the official podcast of All Elite Wrestling. Tony Shivani and Aubrey Edwards back with you for another week. Aubrey, how's things going? Things are going great. We've got just so many new people joining AEW. Seems like every week there's a new person added to our family. And probably the one that I was, to me, it was kind of obvious because we're, we, we tend to have a lot of brother tag teams. And with Matt having the history that he has with AEW, it was like, okay, at what point is Jeff going to get here? Mm-hmm. I feel like this is inevitable because like you just have these guys who have this amazing career together, completely changed tag team wrestling, inspired a lot of our tag teams in wrestling. And I'm I'm just so happy to finally have him here. Welcome. Welcome, Jeff. Thank you for joining our podcast today. Hey, thanks for having me, for sure. As we mentioned, you debut AEW Dynamite right after Revolution when we were in Fort Myers on the 9th. I want to talk about what that moment felt like for you because like the music hit and the crowd goes fucking nuts because I think everybody just, (laughs) (laughs) everyone recognizes your music. It was just like, man, this is great. Talk about that moment. It was weird. We we like know the bugs like so good. And then, and I was so nervous, a different like wrestling world. Oh my God, should this happen? Is this going to happen? Of course it's going to happen, but you got to go out there and do it. And then the biggest thing like from that night was like, how do I go out there and like do the juke and not like stay my brother, you know? So how can I like mix it up and like juke on the run? So the first time I've ever juked on the run was that night. Wow. How about that? You came out without the face paint though, and you've been noticed, known for the face paint. What was the, what that decision about? Face paint to me is just like a painting on canvas, Tony. It's just like every time I, if, if I feel like painting, I'll paint. If I don't, I don't, I won't. Gotcha. That's, one cool thing about me, because I reached out like when I was 12 years old and touched Sting on the shoulder in Fedville, North Carolina, at Cumberland County Civic Center. Wow. I said, I want to make somebody feel the way he made me feel. And so now I do eyelids and all that stuff. It takes, it's a lot of passion and time that, that goes into that. Sure. Sometimes I don't want to do it. How about that? Cumberland County Civic Center. Fayetteville, North Carolina. I've been there many, many times. I'm sure the many of the times that, that I was there, maybe you and your brother were in the stands. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure, yeah. I love that you mentioned like, oh, like touch and sting on the shoulder and all this. And then like Sting was there in the ring <laughs> at your debut. Like it's it comes like full circle. Like I know for like a lot of us of the younger generation in wrestling, like you legends joining the company is like, oh my God, this guy I used to watch on TV is like now my coworker. Like what was that like for you? I don't I don't consider myself a legend other than oh, like, you are. like Shut up. <laughs> whatever I that's brought me down, you know, like that's, that's my legendary like status as far as, you know, like when you get knocked down, get back up and keep your shit together. Right. You know? Sure. I should got probation Wednesday. Right. So I'm free now, but I can't drive until like October. Okay. Sorry. Too much. No, no, it's not. It, it Listen, <laughs> the older you get, the quicker things come. So October will be here before you know it, buddy. So you'll be driving again. For sure. So your Dynamite debut match with your brother against Private Party, and these two kids can do a lot of great things. I'm sure you're you're looking forward to putting that match together. Yeah, but like Matt asked me after, uh, like Private Party is amazing, just like FTR and the Young Bucks. 
like after the Young Bucks and uh, FTR match, uh, Matt asked me, what did that match mean to you? What would you think of? And I said, I, I don't know. It's just amazing. Right. He said, intimidating because we're older. And the idea of going to a program with the Young Bucks right now is very intimidating, you know, but it's going to be great. You and Matt have talked about on, on social a little bit about this being the Hardy Boys final run. That's a really exciting concept. It's also kind of like a single tier concept because you guys have been, you know, a part of wrestling for so long. How difficult of a decision is it for you guys to kind of have this be like the final run? Well, it's like, like the unknown, you know, like when we say that, but it might not be correct. So we can last forever. I mean, like until we're 75 or something. I mean, I, who knows? The idea right now, because we're older, we're beat up. So the idea of the final run is very good. I'm glad you said we're beat up. I'm not glad you said that, but I'm glad you touched on that because Jeff going up on the ladder and then going up on a ledge and then doing the swanton bomb on the table, you, <laughs> how many more of those you got in you, buddy? I mean, I'm, I'm thinking, oh my God, here he goes again. And it's like, I've seen you do crazy things on a ladder. The world has seen it. And then you go up on that ledge and I'm thinking, oh, wow. It's just like, to me, like Jeff Hardy never grows old. He's, you're the same. I know your body says you've grown old, but you still do the things you did when you were younger. I think it's wild. It's great. It's great TV, but it's like crazy. It is wild and crazy. But man, when I did that, I asked for a 14 footer, no 12 footer. Okay. Butcher and blade. And man, I was, man, I was so scared to get up on top of that thing. Was, I was so afraid, but the fear is part of the fun. Once you get up there and okay, we're okay. I remember being backstage and watching your little juke and run and talking to Blade after he came to the back. I was like, hey, so uh, what's it like to take like the first swanton that you know Jeff Hardy did? And he's like, oh my God, it was unreal. It was so great. This is incredible. <laughs> and then it's like just over and over again. It's okay. Now you're in a program with him and it's just unreal. And I think we were sitting in the back watching the, you climb up and jump off the roof and it's like, oh, it's second day on the job and he's already doing stupid shit. This is great. This is awesome. <laughs> I love this, Jeff. This is amazing. Oh, man. I, uh, I want to go back to, like, we touched on the face paint a little bit, like it being a canvas and whatnot. But I'm curious, is there any sort of inspiration you take for, like, what colors you're using that day or what designs or patterns you have? My biggest thing now is, like, I, I have, like, a certain color, like, three colors normally, like, whether it's, like, black and white and gray or, like, orange and green and red or, or whatever it is. I have these images in my head. Now, I try to bring them to life. And, like, my latest thing is, like, with the skull stuff, is, like, trying to separate, like, human from alien to soul. Like, half skull, half alien. I'm trying to figure it out, but I can't yet. But that's the latest I've been thinking about as far as, like, trying to, like, become one with, like, what happens to me when I pass away. Sorry, that was deep. No, that's, listen, that's, we're unrestricted, okay? okay? That's what we're about. Uh, Talk about, first time you met Tony Khan, and the conversations of coming to AEW once your non-compete was up? Uh, we never talked, like, at all. I met Tony Compton. I'm at Ric Flair's uh, anniversary party with, with Wendy. Right. But then he said, I own this company called AEW. I said, what? You're the guy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we had such a good time, man, over that weekend. It was amazing. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I love Ric Flair like crazy. Because of Rick, I met Tony, like, early on. But, like, yeah, before the 90 day, we didn't talk at all. That was what was so crazy about my arrival at AW. Like, I didn't know nothing until 6 a.m. that morning. I think my wife found my phone and said, okay, you're, you're leaving at so-and-so time. 
know, to get there because that's my 90 days was up. And then like the spoiler alert, as far as like I did a music show and some guy recorded me saying, yeah, I'm going to AEW. <laughs> it was totally, I totally said, I'm going to AEW. But that was like, of course I'm going to AEW. Right. Yeah. I mean, so there's nothing illegal about that. Yeah. And it was like, I didn't know, but we all knew. Your brother's here. Your non-compete is up. Hell yeah, Jeff Hardy's coming to AEW. It's like, even if it's not official, like, like it's almost like, why the fuck wouldn't he? Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's a no-brainer. I mean, for sure. Right. Exactly. Very well said. It's no-brainer. Yeah. I remember on that day, we're, we're in the locker room, getting ready. Britt Baker shows up. She's wearing a Matt and Jeff Hardy t-shirt. And we're just like, wait a minute. And someone asks, how many days has it been? It's like, well, it's been 90. Oh, fuck. It's happening. Because like they don't share this kind of stuff with us. Like That's one of the great things about working at AEW is like everyone gets to experience the surprise. So we're all sitting there like, is this going to happen? What's going on? Is it? And then lo and behold, it finally does. It was just such an exciting moment. This is incredible. We talked a little bit about your uh, Dynamite debut with Private Party and, you know, the desire to work with the Young Bucks. And I know you guys have worked with the Young Bucks before in some incredible matches. Our tag team division is very, very deep. Is there any sort of tag team that you in particular want to work with that obviously beyond like the Bucks and FTR? Well, totally. Like first and foremost, like FTR and the Young Bucks are like number one, especially the one thing we never did before. Matt and I went back to like WWE in 2017. We had this idea for this cinematic match called Too Sweet or Delete. Man, it could be amazing. Build that now with portals and whatever you want to throw in there. To, like just entertain. The tag team situation in AEW is just so sick. It's crazy. Anybody who wants to work, I mean, we're, we're willing to work. We are talking with Jeff Hardy, and we're going to talk more about his career when we continue on AEW Unrestricted. This is Aubrey and Tony here on AEW Unrestricted talking to the wonderful and amazing Jeff Hardy. So happy you're here. So happy you're with your brother. So happy we get to watch you do crazy, insane shit in our ring. It's absolutely wonderful. And speaking of crazy, insane shit, you can't talk about TLC matches without talking about the Hardys. Some of the stuff that you guys have done, like uh, with Edge and Christian versus the Dudleys, talk about being at the forefront of these crazy types of matches and like coming up with ideas and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. For the longest time until like the other night when me and Matt and Christian were talking, I was like, yeah, we were the first unofficial TLC match. We said, no, not really. It was just a, like a triple threat ladder match. Right. We used no chairs. I got to go watch it back. I don't think we used no chairs. So was that the first unofficial TLC or did we create something? I'm not sure. I want, I want to say this, that I know throughout time there have been great ladder matches. I know a lot of people go back to WrestleMania, I think in WrestleMania 10 with Razor and Shawn Michaels for the Intercontinental title. But the best ladder match I've ever seen, and not even the triangle match, was 1999 No Mercy, you guys against Edge and Christian. JR had a spectacular call that day. You guys were on point. To me, it is what a ladder match should be. When that match was over, Jeff, did you guys realize how great a performance you had? Or as you walked back, just said, wow, we took some great bumps, did some great things. I knew it. Like when I did that, the first spot, like I think was like me, like going off the ladder, right. drop kick, 
Christian in the corner, and like people reacting, we're on to something. And so what me and Matt had the last couple of years, like Willow versus Surge or Willow versus Navo, whatever it was. Right. With all these fighters at the fairgrounds. But yeah, we knew we were on to something, man. And, and we were already changed our lives, man. It, it made us. I mean, pretty much that was the moment that those guys are special and we need, we're going to roll. I rarely watch a, a match a second time, but I've watched that like four times. It was flawless. It was flawless. You're right. It was. By the way, for, again, you fans who haven't seen it, it's No Mercy. It was in Cleveland, I believe, right? And it was 1999. Yeah. yeah. Something else, brother. Crazy. Yeah. We talk about matches that, like, stand in our minds as some of the greatest. But there are, are there any in your mind that are like, oh, this was my favorite match, or this one was really great for this particular reason? Like, are there any that stand out to you? Yeah, First and foremost, uh, Shawn Michaels versus John Cena were in the UK. They did a, like an hour-long Ironman match, which makes me think of Daniel Bryan versus uh, Adam Page. They went for the first hour of like Dynamite one night. They went for an hour. It was in, oh, that's so respectful and just admirable and just impressive. But yeah, Shawn versus uh, John Cena in the UK. Because I remember like seeing Shawn in the back and they were talking about it. They went out there and actually did it. It was oh, mind-blowing. Have, uh, have you and Matt ever worked a 60-minute Broadway? Just 30 minutes. Yeah, with uh, Seamus and Cesaro, I believe. Okay, got it. I was so, so nervous. <laughs> why, why were you nervous? Because that's a long time, man. I get blown up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm surprised that you said when I was scared, when you said I climbed up that ladder, it was on the ledge, I was scared to death. You, you, don't, you never look scared doing this stuff, buddy. I know, I'm. I'm so much of a like moment guy instead of a like storyteller. So summer of 1999, 1999, obviously a big year. You have your first ever tag team championship win. When did you find out that was happening? I don't remember. I'm not sure. Yeah. With the acolytes in Fedville, North Carolina? Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Bradshaw and Farouk, yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, but I remember like my dad was there and, and he was so proud. And it was like the closest because he took us to like Cumber Town Center, like Civic Center, many times for like rarely WWE would come there, but they did. But then we won the titles in Fedville, North Carolina, and man, I guess the acolytes, these two badass men, oh man, they beat the hell out of us so many times before that. Right. It's just a, like a little child's dream comes true, you know. Yeah. Anytime you're in the ring with Ron Simmons, you're in the ring with a man, buddy. Oh, for sure. <laughs> There's no question about that. And, and listen, Jeff, uh, don't apologize for not remembering things because I'm like you. If you've been in this business a, number, a lot of years and you've done literally hundreds and hundreds of matches, sometimes they all run together. They do, don't they? I mean, I, I get it. I have to stop and think, where were we last week for Dynamite? I don't even remember. <laughs> oh, like Pittsburgh. Okay, where are we going this week? Oh, I've got to look and see on Monday where my flight is. Yeah. That's the way I think. I'm crazy like that. But man, we did like a BTE like thing, and we were talking about how many matches we've lost last week. And I, man, Matt was hitting them after, 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 after. And then I hit a few, and we've lost to everybody like overall. But I'm so excited about the, the future of Hardy Boys versus the Bucks. Man, it's going to be amazing. Yeah, it is. And I know that's what the fans want to see as well. I, I know that's dead ahead. December of 2016, the final deletion at the Hardy Compound for TNA oh. is another event that kind of just resonates with fans. The chant of delete, delete, delete. And it was a cinematic match. Uh, talk about uh, you and Matt, how you developed that idea. 
let's talk about this, like Daniel Bryan or, or Brian Danielson, like, yes, yes. When you can create something that everybody does, like which Matt with his delete thing was amazing. Right. And just that night, we filmed that throughout the night. The sun was rising. We filmed our last shot. And man, it was just such a beautiful moment. We were like running drop course 800 feet from my house, you know, like to get a shot with the lights. And then we finally got that final shot. That it's kind of reminds me of like songs too. Like when you write a song and you hear the final product back, you say, wow, that's really good. So watching that final deletion back, man, this is amazing, man. There's only like six people like running cords everywhere throughout the night and doing all these insane things, going in the pond as Willow or whatever, like coming out as Willow. But yeah, that was a huge moment. There was such a low budget. There was no budget, uh, but it changed like Matt for sure, man. That broken Matt, there's something to that. And I'm looking forward to like broken Matt and Dan Housen. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Being involved in the future. Oh my God. I didn't even think about that. That's going to be incredible. Oh, my mind's just getting blown. This is great. (laughs) Like, I didn't even know what I wanted. Now I'm like, I want all of this. This is great. Oh man. We talk a lot about you going to shows when you were younger with uh, your brother and your dad. Do you remember the first live show you went to? Yeah, I think it was in in Fedville and I, I saw Andre the Giant. That's the one guy I've never met. I didn't touch his shoulder or nothing, but like I just saw him mammoth of a man and i was like this is great. i think he wrestled big john stud and i was man i might have been like nine or something or ten i'm not sure but uh, i think that was my first show i just remember andre being so giant which he was you know and, and just like man I, I don't know why i like this but i love it I want to talk a little bit about your uh, musical performance your uh, acoustic yes. guitar yeah let's talk about that a little bit because I, I i'm not, not so sure many fans know about that didn't you perform recently at uh, WrestleCade? I did, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think I I think I recently saw a video of you doing uh like a Matchbox 20 song, like a Rob Thomas, like one one of the two I couldn't remember like what specifically it was. And I've been on a total 90s kick since then. So thank you very much for doing that. <laughs> Do you play in a band at all or is it more like just like a solo performance type thing? It's a good, I'm, I'm more of a lyric guy, like a poetic dude that like writes lyrics pretty much. And uh, we're actually going to, it's in the process of when AEW's out in LA playing at the Whiskey, which is a famous place, like capacity 500 or something like that. So we're trying to work out an acoustic show there. So you're kind of wrestling to Bob Dylan. It's more about the lyrics. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it sure but does. Bob- yeah. You, you want to really get lost in yourself. Just... Put a Bob Dylan album on. When I met Billy Corgan, man, I was I was such a mark, and he was out backyard during the uh, Delete or Decay. Yeah, and I had this like my symbol in the ground with a shovel and it set on fire, and it came up, and then we we pulled it off, got the good drone shot, and man, after that, I just remember, well, fuck yeah, oh, this is fuck. <laughs> Billy Corgan was in my backyard from Smashing Pumpkins. I was such a mark, and I just. With like Butcher and AEW, I'm such a mark for every time I died. <laughs> right. Then I binged videos one day and like Matt said they broke up and I was like, oh shit, how, how do I approach him about this? <laughs> I'm like, hey, do you got original stuff laying around? I think I might maybe the right to. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I mean, Andy's a great guy and he loves talking about music and oh, stuff too. Yeah. Love Andy. I'm curious, like when did you, when did you start getting into music and what kind of music do you listen to? Uh, when I was, I went to a high school, uh, elementary school dance i was very nervous i was like in the eighth grade and i won a dance contest because i thought i was a bit of ice 
this is probably 91, something like that. One of the dance contests, and I was oh, yeah, I'm going to, we're going to have a band, and we're going to, but then uh, Pearl Jam and the grunge movement, like, came out with the album 10, kind of changed my life. The song Black really kind of changed my life. I was like, man, this is, this is more than just music. This is spiritual. And so, in Chris Cornell and even Lincoln Park, I'm kind of binging on them. Lately, I've been binging on Bring Me the Horizon, even 30 Seconds to Mars. Man, but a good actor, good singer. So I just love it, man. You can go to that, like a different place that like nobody cares. You know, it's like it's just me and the music. Ever into any of the post grunge stuff? I love, and it's because I'm in Atlanta. I love Collective Soul. I know they're they're known as post grunge. And oh, for sure, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right, we're talking with Jeff Hardy, uh, and there's so much talk about a storied career. Uh, he is here with AEW now, and Jeff, what is it like? I'm sure since you've had a storied career, you're in the backstage area now and you're among guys, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it feels very comfortable for you being backstage. Yeah, actually, man, it's like when I was in TNA, man, so many like familiar faces are there, you know, with, with the staff and the crew. Right. But yeah, just such a sense of freedom, you know, as far as like open-mindedness and opportunity. Of course, very different WWE for sure. Well, it's a different, uh, different culture kind of. We mentioned the fact that you had really never met Tony Khan, but now you've had a chance to meet him and work with him. Some of the thoughts about how he runs a TV show and how things go in the back. In the back, any thoughts about that? Yeah, the coolest thing to me is like there's no rehearsals. WWE is crazy with rehearsals, and like the first time I was there, I was like, "Man, we don't have rehearsals." Like, okay, okay, <laughs> very cool. <laughs> yeah, that's the biggest thing, sure. I, that's one thing, Aubrey, and, and you know this too, that I've always liked about what we do is Tony lets you do what you know you can do. And, and he just says, yeah, just go with it. And he lets Jeff Hardy be Jeff Hardy mm-hmm. without trying to mold him into something else. So I think we all respect that. Very much so. We're, we're talking to Jeff Hardy here, AEW Unrestricted, Aubrey and Tony. Coming up, we've got lots and lots of fan questions. Yeah. You're listening to AEW Unrestricted. Aubrey and Tony here with Jeff Hardy. We've learned a lot about his background and in music and wrestling. And just, I'm so happy he's here and he's able to give his experience and mind to wrestling so that we can all grow as a company. And oh man, I'm, I'm so excited. Every time we hire someone new, I'm like, yay, this is awesome. New friends to play with, new friends to work with. This is incredible. I've got lots of fan questions from Twitter. Obviously, you're huge people love you it's absolutely great i've got a question from rick guzman who is your favorite high flyer to watch in aew gosh um dante from uh oh that's a good one buddy Ooh, kid can do incredible things uh j mac wants to know how long did it take you to perfect the swanton bomb uh, a couple years i think i saw uh i forget the name of the guy from japan but he would do the dive like the graceful dive arch back like to the outside but then yeah like two years maybe first time you tried it you thought wow i gotta work on it some more or you feel pretty good about it or no i would go on the trampoline track over and over again but then the cool thing about it normally it was a senton but last night i told jim ross i was like man what what if we call it a swan time like it's graceful like a swan you know? right Ooh. and and the name kind of stuck i mean that when other people would try it everyone kind of called it Really, the Swanton Bomb. So you, yeah, for sure. The one that came up with, yeah, there's no question, right? I shot the shit with him the other day, man. The DDT. What was that mean? 
I still don't know what it means. <laughs> I don't think anybody does. I don't think Jake even does. <laughs> <laughs> Got a question from the Big KG. If you could have a triangle ladder match with any teams in AEW, who would they be? Oh, gosh. Definitely top flight. And no, no, I'm sorry. They're, they're way younger. They got a huge life ahead of them. <laughs> <laughs> F- FTR and the Young Bucks. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a no-brainer right there, man. Yeah. Annette wants to know, are you thinking about bringing Willow to join the House of Black? Uh, yes, of course I am, but not, not the House of Black. <laughs> <laughs> He's in here, and that's it. You know, when he comes out, comes out to play, and it's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be so exciting. I just love the idea of bringing back the um, Delete and the brother Nero, because I know that a lot of that happened during the pandemic era when we didn't have a lot of fans. And I think yeah. bringing that back would be absolutely incredible, just because I feel like there's there's a lot of engagement that's sort of just built into those characters and whatnot. Like me and Dan Housen talked about this. His face was painted and everything we were talking about. He said, "What if I don't know, what if somebody came, instead of the fiend, what if he came out and he was the friend? Oh, my God. Anyway, <laughs> that's what's cool about progressing so much as possible. I think it was after an episode of Dynamite or something, but like you guys were all in the ring dancing, like you and Dan Housen. Like, oh, it was great. <laughs> I think Orange Cassidy might have been there. Yeah. How wild is that to just kind of like do whatever you want and just crazy fun things happen? It was incredible, man. Like Matt sent me two videos. Like we did the big hug and then I like one of the posts to say, thank you, Dallas. I didn't paint my face that night. Normally, I, that's the way I think down when I paint my face and but I did the, the video of the juke and Dan House, man, he was moving his leg. His legs were juking too. It was crazy. If you watch it back. But then the cool thing when I did the curse to Dan House and Top Flight started doing the juke. So maybe we cursed them. <laughs> There's too much juking and cursing. Who knows what's happening anymore? This is crazy. That's what's cool about pro wrestling. That's right. We have a question from Dark Order 74. What is your favorite album that you've ever worked on? And can we expect more music from you soon? Oh, yeah, probably a procession of the Equinoxes. Uh, this one song called Placate was one of my last, I think, TNA intro songs. It's like a real cool, heavy song. Um, so yeah, procession of the Equinoxes. Well, not you ask, and this is uh, almost kind of the same thing, and maybe you've answered it already. What's your favorite song you've written or performed live? Uh, obsolete. Probably. I uh, wrote the song and I was talking to Dale. I, I finally, God, I've been in AEW now for like almost eight weeks. And I finally ran into Dale, my music producer from Nashville, which is the music guy for AEW in catering. And we just shot the ship for like 30 minutes. But yeah, obsolete. We were in TNA back in the day. We walked over to this restaurant and ate and said, I don't know why I write a song called obsolete. I love that word. It just never flows. But yeah, it's like by far my most popular song of all time. Got a question from Tanya B. Do your daughters show any wrestling or interest in wrestling? They do, and they did. Yeah. Yeah, but they're, you know, things come and things pass, but uh, they show interest. I mean, man, that makes me think of like before there was a like woman's tag team division title. Right. But there is, I was like, man, what if the Hardy Girls were a thing or something? (laughs) We had these, these kids and they're awesome. So, uh, but now it's the thing, you know, not in AEW yet, but like, I'm sure it will be eventually. Um, yeah, the Hardy girls are alive and well, man. So proud of them. We're talking with Jeff Hardy, by the way, on AEW Unrestricted. We're into fan questions about his storied career and Walken Freezer. Walken Freezer wants to know, and this is a really good question. 
How do you take care of your body outside of the ring? You've, you've, done, you've done so many bumps, and uh, listen, I know wrestlers pound their bodies all the time, and you've done it for so many years. Uh, any tips about how you try to get on the mend body-wise? Me and my wife did like DDP yoga for, for a while, but then I, man, it was really like a lot. And I was like, but I took away my favorite poses from it and I do them every morning and I do cardio every morning, do weights three and try my best to eat good, but that's very hard. And chiropractor too, every three weeks, I believe is when I, wow. which that's, I'm 44 now. So man, so I can't complain. But yeah, my favorite yoga stretches and eating good and, and working out every day and just loving life. And it's, and it's so hard, like, especially eating well on the road diet is so, so important. And you see the guys coming in with their little meal prep and stuff. It's like, man, this is, but you gotta, you gotta do it. I mean, if you don't take care of your body, you're not going to be able to do this for very long. So anyone who's, you know, I'm a big proponent of yoga. I've been doing it since I was 12 and hearing you is like, yes, yoga is so good for bodies. And I wish more dudes did it. It's kind of one of those like, oh, it's not manly enough. It's like, no, this is really, really good for your body. Totally. It's good for your too. We have a question from Andrea Beeler. What is it like knowing that you've changed so many fans' live, uh, lives by doing what you've done? It's weird. I, I still like, like at my music shows even, man, the biggest two words or three words, you're my childhood. You know, like, and I'm like, oh God, what's that? As far as inspiration and influence, I mean, that it means the world to me because the man, so many people have inspired me to be the best I possibly can be, especially in the ring or whatever. But uh, yes, almost I, I feel unworthy. Yeah. Because I've fucked up so much. Right. But I've, I've always came back. And I think that's the coolest thing about my career. So I'm a legend for fucking up and coming back. A lot of, lot of fucked up and come back, Jeff. <laughs> and uh, but not many have come back uh, with the fanfare that you have, and it's because you've changed so many lives. And I get it, not on the level of you and Matt, but I hear it myself when people say, "Hey, you're the voice of my childhood." I stop and I think, and I think, man, I always thought that us in the entertainment business were not as important as like doctors or people who do uh, research for health. But then when you think you've helped somebody put a smile on their face. You realize what you've done is important, right? You agree with that? Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's the best, man. When you even like a, a fan mail letter or whatever, when you hear this one little story about you changed my life, you help me learn to know it's okay to be different. Sure. Absolutely. Well, you know, you and your brother revolutionized the sport. I mean, you gotta realize that. That's gotta feel good when you think about your career. And we talked about the No Mercy match in nineteen ninety nine and TLC and the triangle ladder match, what you've done for such a long period of time, you've revolutionized the sport and not many people can say that. Yeah. And that's what's so cool about AEW right now. Like this last reunion, maybe not the last, maybe, you know, before the last, but like, like me and Matt being together. So it's, even on the Indies, man, we get such a good reaction because we're, we're kind of like legends or whatever, but man, it's just the connection we have with the people is like superhuman. You're kind of like uh Paul Stanley and uh, and Gene Simmons. I went to their farewell tour in 1996. <laughs> okay. Wow. And they're still performing. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. It really is. I mean, no one ever retires in wrestling, right? It's just like, this is your temporary break. Who knows? You come back whenever. You can do whatever you want. As long as your body still allows you and you're capable. Like, I'm sure people are always going to want to watch. Before we leave, I want to ask a bit about the paintings behind you. Did you do those? 
I did. That's all my work. Yeah. Oh, man. When did you start painting? That's one thing in elementary school I always excelled in. I was very average and I was terrible at math and history. I kind of like, but like I always excelled in art. Always been my thing. So I've been painting since I was, God, in kindergarten, I remember like I painted a clown and it was so perfect. At least I thought it was. And that's my biggest memory of kindergarten, like when I was only like five years old. But yeah, I've always like been drawn to it. My, my daughters too, they, they're, oh my God, they're so amazing. They're way better than me. But I'm very abstract. You know, but I just, I, I love it. That's why I paint my face because of Sting and like the Ultimate Warrior, the Road Warriors. When I touched Sting that day, when I was 12 years old, I was like, I don't know why he paints his face, but I love it. I don't know what it means, but I love it. But then when you see that stuff come immortalized in the action figure, I'm like, man, that's why I do that. Well, uh, Jeff, I want to let you know that uh, it's really great to be able to work with you for the first time. Uh, I know I worked with Matt a little bit before you got here, but being able to work with and call a Hardy Boys match, Tremendous. Never got to do that. And even though, you know, I I know you grew up in the Carolinas and I know you watched WCW, uh, I was, I'm really, really thrilled about being able to say that you're here with us and uh, I'm glad that you're doing well. Keep doing what you're doing, buddy. We appreciate you. Yeah, man, I think you came to a WWE house show with, uh, in Charlotte or Greensboro. The last time I saw you before I came to AW. Yeah, that, I think, uh, wow. I think that's I remember going to a WWE house show uh, in Fayetteville in like 2001, maybe. I, I popped up here and there. But you and Matt <laughs> together, just, it just seems right, man. It really does. And we're so glad you're with us. Oh, thank you so much. So good to be here. Uh, you can follow Jeff on Twitter at Jeff Hardy Brand, and that's Jeff Hardy Brand. And as always, you can listen and follow this podcast. We are AEW Unrestricted. We come to you for free. At Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We've got a video version where you can see uh, Jeff's paintings, by the way, that we talked about. Just uh, search AEW Unrestricted on YouTube. And that's that. And Aubrey will tell you the rest of our very important lineup. Unrestricted's Thursday, but we're also on every single night of the week, practically. Elevation on Mondays and Dark on Tuesdays. You can catch both of those on YouTube, 7 o'clock, 6 central. You can catch Dynamite on TBS, Wednesdays, 8 o'clock, 7 central. And Rampage on TNT, 10, 9 central. Just so much going on. So many awesome people to watch. And now we've got the Hardy Boys. Like, this is just absolutely incredible. I'm Aubrey Edwards. This is Tony Schiavone with Jeff Hardy. Thank you so much for listening to AEW Unrestricted. Come on, throw your hands up, let me see you. Unrestricted.